Hey everyone, welcome to episode 10, the final episode of season three of Whiskey Queens. We're wrapping up this season with a few suggested tasting ideas. We want to thank you for listening and let you know that we're going to be back in late June. Don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe, check us out at whiskeyqueens.com, at the Whiskey Queens on Instagram, and don't forget to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, and here's the show. How was that? That was good. Sorry. I don't know why we started with a boop boop this episode, but we did. We did. Uh, we're boop booping because we are at the end of season three. Oh, that is why we are boop booping. We made it to the end of our third season. So this is episode 10. Hope all hope y'all are doing well. Um, yeah, I'm I'm as I always say, I'm genuinely surprised that we have like made it this far along in our little journey. Uh, but today we're gonna wrap up. Let's see, Canadian whiskey, Irish whiskey, and scotch. Sort of yeah, it's been a this. journey this season. And I think this season, no offense to our prior seasons, but I think the season has been the best. I think we sort of nailed our um, pattern, for lack of better words, how we want to sort of structure each episode. And then we've had some of the firsts this season, like a guest. Yes, Becky, thank you for being on the podcast last week. Becky. That was super fun. No, I agree. I think we found our stride and we've got mm. some good feedback from guests. Um, That's the word. I was like, what the fuck's the word? Stride. We, we found our stride. I have not found my words after three seasons. So. <laughs> Going into season four, we might find you a couple of words. No, I doubt it. Yeah, okay. We'll try. Um, so with that, why are you drinking this week? Well, I'm drinking for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, because I like to drink, as I say, every episode is a requirement of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Two, because you, sir, are visiting me this weekend. And so we will have adventures galore. I am. Uh, and that will be a delight. So there may or may not be a bonus episode or something coming in the future for you all, TBD. Uh, and I am, as of the time you were all listening to this, I will be on the eve of my birth. Well, I shouldn't say that because y'all could listen to this at different times. <laughs> By the time we drop this episode, I will yes, be on the yes. eve of my birth. Not like my actual birth, but my birth anniversary, also known as a birthday. <laughs> you're a mess. You're, Thank you're, you. You're, yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say a number, but I won't I won't say your number. Um, but your yeah, your next revolution. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> your next revolution around the planet. Yes. And I can only say that because. Nick always reminds me every fucking year that I'm older than him by two weeks, but yes, I will forever be older than him. Mm-hmm. These are the best two weeks ever because it's not just you. It's actually my husband's sister who is also, she just had a birthday last week. So she is a year older than me for three glorious weeks and you are a year older than me for two glorious weeks. And I just, I ride this wave into my birthday as the one thing keeping me from going absolutely insane. Well. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, so why are you drinking? Um, so samesies, I will be getting on a flight for the first time in over a year to come down to visit you. So I was super excited to like book a flight and use my TSA pre-check number again. It was the one of the most exciting things that I've done in the last couple of weeks. The other exciting thing that I did was quit my job. <laughs> woo, woo. Uh, so this was the thing. The job I was, hopper is back. The job hopper is back. Um, this was the thing I was talking about last week that I couldn't talk about because it was still kind of in the back and forth stages. Uh, but I've officially resigned from Crazy Town, 
and and moving on to a new organization um, in the coming weeks. So, which supposedly has great reviews on Glassdoor, so that's good. They do. They do have great reviews. Uh, their people seem to love them, and they seem to be all about developing people. And they have great benefits, and it's doing the same thing I've been doing for the last couple of years, but was just a totally new company. The cool part being, I didn't apply for this. They recruited me. I've never been recruited. Oh, shut up. It's so weird. But yeah, so yeah, cheers to, to new jobs with a little bit of time off in between, a little bit. Yes. When's your official last day? Uh, so my last day with my current place is the 26th. And then that okay. rolls as me, because there's no real actual time off. That's not really a thing. I um, couldn't remember if it was like, you're like, I'm going DC, fuck us, I'm done. I, or if you I would have. That okay. was the plan, but the letter got delayed. I thought that delayed. was the plan. That was the plan. But remember when I told you my offer letter got stuck in Sweden? Uh, no, you didn't tell me that. Oh. But alas, that seems problematic. Yep. My offer letter got stuck in Sweden for two days and delayed me giving notice. So now my last gotcha. day is the 26th. Okay. And then that gives me a little time to prepare for the art opening at the nonprofit I do some work at. And then I'll start the new gig on June 2nd. So I get a little bit Beautiful. of time off, but I've already filled that well, time off. Cheers to you, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. Clink, clink. Uh, and with that, I think we, we kind of just threw together, and I'll be really honest, we kind of threw together a tasting of whiskeys we thought were interesting. Um, and this isn't necessarily like a, you should taste these six things in this particular order. This is really just kind of a, a collection of different whiskeys from Canada, from Ireland, from Scotland that we thought are interesting for a variety of reasons, whether it's building your bar up a little bit because they're affordable or whether they're nicer things that you might want to go check out um, that we may or may not have even tried. Um, I think I actually included one at the very bottom that's brand, brand new that even I haven't gotten my hands on yet. Yeah. Um, but do you want to kick us off with our first whiskey recommendation? Because people are going <laughs> to, I can't wait. Sure. I'm sure people are going to be like gods, gobsmacked, whatever the phrase is by this. But the first recommendation we will give for a tasting, particularly in your entree to Canada, is black velvet. What whoop, shocker. Whoop. I know everybody. But uh, just as a reminder, black velvet uh, I purchased a 1.75 liter <laughs> bottle of black velvet in DC for $13.99 plus tax. Uh, so it's sheep. But even though it is sheep, as we say, it doesn't taste that way, which is shocking and surprising. And one of the reasons we wanted to include it in the tasting. So it's 40% ABV. It's 80 proof. The nose on this as it says, remarkably smooth with hints of caramel, vanilla, coconut, and rye spiciness. Mm -mm. I get, I definitely get the caramel and the vanilla. I remember, remember the, coconut. the coconut. Yeah, I don't have it in rye. front of me, but I remember the coconut. It was, it's for as inexpensive as it is. It's sorry, guys, I'm going to keep harping on this shit. It's good for as cheap as it is. And the tastes are pretty much the same. The caramel and the vanilla are very forward. A little bit of a coconut, you get a little bit of the rice spiciness at the end. It's a pretty mild, doesn't have a long lingering burn. It's a pretty mild whiskey. The finish is short and smooth. Uh, it's a solid, I think, a solid one to try. And, and mostly because, one, we talked about its history. Two, it's like the, the second most popular whiskey in Canada, if memory serves me right. Three, my grandfather drank it growing up. And... It just surprised the fuck out of Nick and I. Yeah. 
uh, and that continues to this day. Now, look, I'm not going to say that if you make a black velvet Manhattan, which is a three, one, two recipe. So three ounces of whiskey to one ounce of uh, vermouth to two dashes of bitters because it's sort of a lighter whiskey. I'm not going to say that that shit won't get you a hangover because it will, because yep. it, this is not like your high end quality stuff, right? It just, it's like rail prices, but doesn't taste like rail. Yeah. That's where I, I'll leave it. I think it's in here because it's surprising. Like for the price point, it's very surprising. And it's not going to break the bank for you to go and pick up a bottle of this and try it and reaffirm what we've been saying. Like this I is a half a fucking bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and I've done like Black Velvet Manhattans. We've had it on the show. I've had friends over. Like seriously, it yeah. like never goes away. It's 10 bucks that it'll give you, it'll, sh it'll surprise you. 10 bucks. You spent 10 bucks in a worst way. So go buy a $10 bottle of Black Velvet and give it a whirl. I will tell you what's great for this. If you're hosting a party and you want to make like pre-made cocktails or something, mm. I would fucking use this one because you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Uh, you might need to add a little extra just to give it the same amount of kick. But like if you were doing a pre like uh, picture of Manhattans, it would be perfect to do this. Do the three one, the three two one recipe with it. No, three one two. Three one two. I'm already drunk. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, the three three one two recipe with it and just sort because people wouldn't know the difference. If I put this bitch in a crystal decanter, you wouldn't be able to tell me it was black velvet. I'm just nope. gonna put that out there. Anyway. Nope. I've meandered long enough on this. That's fine. Um, do you want to continue or should I toss one in there? Um, I guess if we want to continue on the Canadian route, I'm not going to go in your order because I was like, I don't know why you put uh, number two why. as number two. I don't know why um, either. I'm going to keep it with the country. And so for Canadian, Nick talked about Pendleton on the show uh, earlier this season. And what I sort of selected was a, a gift that I got my uncle when I was out in Arizona. Uh, was gifted a like airplane size bottle of Pendleton Midnight. And so he gave it to me. And so I'm going to feature it here because I was able to drink it before the show started. <laughs> That's classy of me. I was able to drink it before the show started because I yeah. did drink it all. Because it's a little airplane bottle. Uh, so we're going to feature Pendleton Midnight. It's about $30 a bottle. Again, it's Canadian blended whiskey. It's a 45% ABV, 90 proof. The nose notes on this are musky notes of leather with warm cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and a trace of ginger. And if I were smart, I wouldn't have drank it all so I could confirm or deny said things during the show, but I'm not that smart. So that's not gonna happen right now. So the taste, full, well-balanced oak is paired with hints of coffee cake, nuts, caramelized bananas, and candied figs. The finish is a full-bodied and satiating finish. Wow, these are a lot of words. Yep. Satiating finish with lingering smolder of spices, pecans, and walnuts. And let me tell you what, I did drink this as Nick knows in the pre-show conversation that we had. And my first sip, I didn't make the best face. I'm not gonna lie to everybody <laughs> right now. Uh, it is an interesting, Canadian blended whiskey. It is sweet, sweeter than I generally drink. Um, you definitely get like the coffee cake and the caramelized bananas and the candy figs. It definitely is. It's definitely sweet, but also interestingly has like this weird intermix towards the, the finish of it sort of being, um, I don't even know if I would call it cinnamon or traces of ginger, but it has that like 
um, a little bit of the the baking spices, for lack of better words, uh, at the go-to. end. And yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. I don't know. It's my podcast. I'll say what I want. I don't know if I would buy a bottle of it. I'll be honest with you all. And that's fair because it's subjective. It is subjective. So y'all could try. Um, I will say though, I liked kind of the traditional Pendleton. I thought that was a good, solid whiskey, especially for the point. It was good. Sorry, let me show you. But one of the reasons I sort of chose this one is um, a couple things from what it says on the Pendleton website. And you know what? I would also be curious about maybe buying a real bottle of this because I feel like airplane bottles are not good. Um, they're not good. Like I don't, you can, you can tell me if you think differently of this, but I just also feel like an airplane bottle size doesn't provide the same sort of experience that a, a traditional bottle would. It's bottled differently. It's not like in glass. It doesn't, you know, it, it's a different sort of thing. The volume, the taste, everything I feel like is slightly different in the airplane size bottle. And I, I'll second that because a lot of the times and not with Irish whiskeys, we've noted, but a lot of the times you're talking about uh, natural cork in a whiskey mm-hmm. bottle or even a synthetic cork. But with airline bottles, it's a metal screw cap and it has that like waxy coating on the top of it. Yeah. And like, I don't trust that like air is not getting in or that the coating isn't necessarily messing with like that small volume of alcohol. So yeah, I do think it impacts the taste a little bit. And plus who knows how long they're rattling around in those little bottles. Sure. I mean, exactly. So maybe we'll, maybe we can get, maybe we'll get our hands on one and try it. We'll see. Ooh, Lord only knows. But one of the reasons I wanted to feature this too, not just because I had it in my, my miniature collection over here, uh, but also it, it's a, the Pendleton Midnight has sort of an American Canadian connection. I don't know if you looked this up at all, Nick, when you sort of did some of the digging, but um, it's oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada. Yep. And before bottling, it's gla- it's cut with glacier fed spring water from Mount Hood in Oregon. Yes, I remember it being bottled in the U.S. but distilled in Canada. Exactly. So it's kind of different. So I thought it'd be interesting to sort of feature it because um, it's like a Canadian American hybrid. Yeah. No, I, I, and I said, like I said, the original one for the price point was a solid whiskey. It's not that expensive. And I think it's a good, like, staple Canadian whiskey. And I would be curious to sort of actually get a, a real bottle of it as opposed to a sample. See if it's different a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, let me, let me give us one because. Let me see. We started off with Canada in episodes one, two, and three, and then we went to Ireland. So I'll give us an Irish. And I chose Jameson, straight Jameson, because you did Caskmates, which the the stout. stout. Oh, the stout is so good. So like, I will, I will say, however, to interrupt you, because that's what I do best, is um, I do have a miniature bottle of the IPA over here. The IPA is good. The stout is better. Okay. In I my might, opinion. I might have to go get it. Yeah, the, the IPA is good. Um, but I'm recommending straight up Jameson because this is like a bar builder. And I feel like if you're going and experimenting with whiskeys, this is something that you need to be able to say, like, you have a Jameson. Um, so for Jameson, it's about $22 a bottle, 40% ABV or 80 proof. 
And for the traditional Jameson, on the nose, you're getting vanilla and spice. Uh, the taste, it's kind of that balance between spicy and nutty and those vanilla notes um, and a little bit of sherry barrel. And then the finish on that's like short and smooth, but like minimal burn. But it's just a solid bar builder for the, the 20 some odd bucks you're going to spend on this. But if you're already buying a bottle of Jameson, go and buy a bottle of the stout as well. The um, cask mates. It's so good. You're trying the IPA. He went and got the IPA. I did have to go get it. And of course, when I came back, uh, I was laughing because when I came back on, I put my headphones in and it was like, all I heard was nutty. And I was like, oh Lord, what's she talking about now? <laughs> Just given descriptors. But yeah, I mean, I think everyone should try plain Jameson. This Jameson airplane bottle, one, it's glass, which is lovely. Yep. Um, it's still screw top, which Jameson is anyway, so it's not like a fucking difference. Yeah. Um, but it fills up a good Glencairn glass. Yeah, no, they're they're glass bottles. Now, I don't know that the Caskmate stout that I got, no, you know what came in plastic? The, um, the cold brew, the Jameson cold brew. So mm. the stout is delicious. The IPA is good. The cold brew is basically like Kahlua. Okay, that's good to know. Because the Pendleton that we just talked about is like pla- it's like your cheap airplane plastic. Yeah. No offense, Pendleton. Well, actually, offense. Yeah. But whatever. And, and the cold brew comes in plastic. The Jameson cold brew when I got mine was a plastic bottle, but I remember the Caskmates mm. glass. It's it is good. It's very good. But I think the stout it's very it's different. Good. I do like the stout better, but I'm not I'm not hating on this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Jameson is a solid choice to, if you're building your bar and you want to have an Irish whiskey, Jameson or any of kind of the entry-level Irish whiskeys. Teeling's also fantastic, especially for the price point. Tellymore mm. Dew, very similar um, for an entry-level price point. All good starter Irish whiskeys. I definitely get some of the like IPA notes in this. Yes, and I don't and love kind IPAs. Of, uh, you know what? I've grown into them over the years. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you, my journey in life is fascinating because I used to hate coffee. Nick's like pushing his forehead because he's like, I want to hear about your fucking life journey right now. <laughs> uh, but you'll hear about it um, because I used to never like coffee. And I started at a very like low level entry point with like a uh, peppermint mocha with one shot of espresso. And then it snowballed into where I, I fucking drink coffee. I don't drink it black. I can, it's not my preferred way. I usually like a little bit of cream in it, um, but I'm ching, but um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's where that started. The same sort of with uh, beer where like, I didn't really start drinking beer until grad school. And the time I didn't, I didn't the reason I didn't do that is because that one, I didn't really like it. And grad school was really the first time in my life where other people bought you drinks and handed them to you. And so I felt obligated to drink them. And they would usually buy like your Bud Light or something like that. Yeah. And so I was like, all right. And so I started there, you know, with your your very light lagers and beers. And then I sort of um, got more into the craft scene. And when I particularly wanted to, to England a lot to visit my family, and trying like going to all the pubs, you're trying, you know, such a variety of beers. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't, that was a tangent that was unnecessary, but it was here. Yeah. Yeah. Life's a journey. Um, but yeah, so that's my Irish recommendation. Um, do you want to start us off in Scotland? 
So why don't we finish oh, Ireland? We'll finish Ireland. Sorry. I was trying Girl. to go back and forth. Um, I've also had like several ounces, so don't judge me. It's all right. So, I just threw another bottle in my Glen Cairn glass like I needed it. Tis what it is. So my second Irish recommendation is going to be anything coming out of the Dingle Distillery. So this is a pricier bottle. So I kind of gave you your low level, entry level kind of Irish whiskey. This is going to be a little bit more expensive. They're about $60 a bottle. You can find some of the vodkas and gins from Dingle in the States. The whiskeys are harder to come by. So you have to go through websites. Sometimes they can ship directly. Sometimes you have to go through um, irishmalt.com, I believe, is another vendor that can get stuff here in the States. But they're usually about 60 bucks a bottle, 50 to 60. So most of these are kind of 43% ABV, kind of in the high 80 proof. The newest one to come out is their um, single malt. They just released this five or six days ago. Mm. It's supposed to be amazing. Uh, the packaging is beautiful, which is besides the point, but I'm super excited to get my hands on this. I'm chewing on the fact that it's like $100 between cost and shipping because it's not approved here in the States yet, or it's not mm. like it's not through the right channels where it's, the cost has come down. So you can get it, but it's pricey to get it. But they have a ton of other whiskeys you can choose from in terms of their different batches. So I would recommend anything coming out of Dingle because it's different. It's a very different whiskey. Um, with the single malt, the way they describe the new single malt, the nose being lime zest, chopped mint, and sweet pear, the taste being caramelized apple, raisins, and vanilla, and the finish being kind of like a honeyed sweetness um, and with some baking spices kind of lingering on your tongue. So I'm excited to get my hands on this. I have not tried it yet, but I attest to the fact that they make a great liquor, whether it's the vodka, the gin, or their whiskeys. So go try anything coming out of Dingle. Um, they're just a great all-around distillery and they support their local economy in that actual town. Like they actually employ people from town. They work with local farms. It's a really cool distillery in Ireland. So that's my awesome. other Irish recommendation. I sort of just popped up, popped up, no. I sort of just popped on to uh, Drizzly to see what they had in terms of Dingle. They have their gin and their vodka and they have the number four single malt. I think I have the number four downstairs. It's either the three or the four, I forget. But that was delicious. Very, very sherry. Like the, I think they use sherry casks in part of the process or maybe the whole process. Um, but it definitely has like a sherry tone to it which is we talked to becky about that a little bit when we first met with her because she likes dingle as well because of the sherry mm -hmm. but yeah it's good um maybe we get a bottle of the gin when i'm down well drizzly works what, what? or we can see where i can we can walk to and get it too that too. you know there's plenty of liquor stores <laughs> abouts here um <laughs> dc city of drunks yeah well preach uh, so we've talked about Canadian. We've talked about, we've given our two Canadian recs. We've given our two, uh, Irish recs, mm -hmm. and I'm going to start us off with our Scottish recs. Now, the one thing I will say is that I think, you know, Nick sort of talked about Dingle being a slightly higher price point. It turns out that our Scotch whiskeys just tend to be a slightly higher price point in general. Yeah. Um, and so the first one I want to talk about is what I talked about when we started the Scotch uh, section, which was Laphroaig 10, the Laphroaig 10 year. And I, I want to 
I want to talk, sorry, there's the bug that I'm swatting about. I was doing the same thing earlier. I was like swatting the camera. I'm like, please. I'm like, just like gesticulating wildly. And Nick's probably like, is he having a seizure? What's going on? Um, but I want to talk about the, the, the Floyd 10, because I think it is a very classic. When you think of a scotch and you think of a peated scotch, that's Lafroig. Yep. Um, and so I thought that we would include this. And you have in the notes, I'm going to adjust the price point a little bit. I think it's probably averaging about $70 a bottle. Um, oh, really? For Lafroig. I mean, I paid like 70, 74 for it okay. here in DC. So it's probably based on where you are, but it's somewhere in the 60 to $70 range. It's 43% uh, percent ABV or about 86 proof. Um, the nose, as it's listed in our notes, is huge smoke, seaweedy, medicinal, with a hint of sweetness. Uh, the taste on this is surprising sweetness with hints of salt and layers of peatiness. Bold, smoky taste, followed by a hint of seaweed and surprising. Did you just repeat my notes? Yeah, I took your, you did the research. I just gave you your notes back. I know. And it, yeah. <laughs> did you read the notes before we started recording? No, because that would mean I prepared appropriately, <laughs> appropriately, appropriately. Oh, sweet mother I don't know of Christ. How to speak English. So, what the <laughs> fuck. Y'all heard him oh, open another I bottle. also said fuck, which I am getting in trouble from my family. I shouldn't say trouble, but I've gotten a few phone calls from my aunt and uncle. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to tell this story because it's hilarious to me where they call me and I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. And they're like, shit, fuck, shit, fuck. And basically it's because they just finished listening to a podcast. And apparently those are the two words I say the most on a podcast, which uh, I just did to only reinforce it all. So here we are. Yep. Um, and the finish, back to Lafroig, and the finish is a long and lingering finish. And as I told Nick, and we talked about with Becky, I think too, last episode, Lafroig is good. It definitely is a heavy peat. It'll like smack you in the face with the smoke and the peatiness of it, but it's good. And I think I wanted to include it because it is very much when people think of scotch, they think of that smoky peatiness. Yeah. And that is like Lafroig to through and through. So. Lafroig. So that's number five. Number six, our last recommendation is for me, it's going to be the Glenglassa revival that we had last week because it's, I think, the complete opposite. And I can't speak, you can actually, because you've had both, but mm -hmm. it's, it's an unpeated scotch. It comes across. Oh Let's do it right so now. It's, he's Clang having glasses. He's having a party over here. Um, yeah, it's probably not the best, but whatever. Wait, I need to clean this glass first. Oh it had, God! It had black velvet. In it. I've gotten to the point where I've tried enough where I've used all my Glen Cairn ones. There's like a water. There's like a water bottle coming into the camera here. There's a lot going on right now. It, water. If you look at my Instagram handle. Well, I have to say the story, but I did a story that basically showed all the booze I had lined up for the show. I love it. I have my one bottle of Ben Riak over here, and he has like a smattering of whiskeys he's going through. Um, well, you get to experience them all this weekend. I can't wait. My um, bar is very full. But Glenglassa Revival, about 60 bucks, 46% uh, ABV or 92 proof. Um, on the nose, sweet caramel, toffee, nutty, sherry, milk chocolate, like all these sweet, like desserty kind of caramelized sugar tastes um actual taste sweet rounded this is their descriptor um creamy oranges and plums i do not get that um the walnut the chocolate the honey that i do get i get a little bit of the sherry and kind of the soft spiciness 
the finish on this, they say medium with warming mulled wine spices, sherry and caramel. I get medium sherry caramel. I don't necessarily get the mulling spices, but the Glenglossa has changed my opinion on scotch entirely. Changed his life, girls. It, it is so fucking good. It is delicious. Um, and I will tell you, my recommendation to everyone too, is if you do any sort of, if you do any series in this tasting and you include a scotch like Lafroig that is peated, please start with that. Yeah. And then transition and then come back to it. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because it is, it is so full bodied in a way that like, if you've had other things that are not peated and you go to Lafroig, it's going to be real intense in a way that I don't think it would, it would be if you try it first. Yeah. Mix it up. Like, yeah, definitely go back and forth and try it. Um, Cause the Glenglossa is it's soft and round and sweet and like butterscotchy and toffee. Like it's like almost like dessert, but not in a sickeningly sweet way. And I think that was the big thing for me is it came across really delicious and soft and in like approachable, but not in like a syrupy sugary kind of way. It was, it was still really well balanced. Um, so that's why I included the Glenglossa, which is also a pricey bottle. So I'll slide in there as like a six a or a six B. If you need an entry level bottle of scotch monkey shoulder is still my go-to. I, I know you're making a face, but I think monkey shoulder makes it. No, no, it's good. Soda. It's a good, it's for the price point. It's good. It has sort of that like burnt orange bitterness to it that is not necessarily my go-to, but it's a, fantastic in a scotch and soda. That's a perfect way to describe that burnt orange. It, that's exactly what it is. And it makes it an incredible scotch soda. Yep. I highly recommend that. So that's your, like, if you want an entry-level scotch, start there and then start messing around with the more pricey, peated, unpeated kind of scotches that are hanging around out there. Now, what you should explore if you're in, like, the monkey variety, I don't think they're part of the same distillery at all, but Monkey 47 Gin is beautiful. Okay. So maybe we'll see if we can get, it's not inexpensive either, but it's also very good. Hey, you're about to have a birthday. I'm about to have a birthday. It's a birthday weekend. Let's just buy more booze from my bar. Yeah. If you can have like a giant box at your house that I can pack all my liquor in, that'd be great. We can work on it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, so those are our six recommendations. That's, that's what we got for you in season three, kids. Yeah, it's been a journey. It has been a journey. And I'm excited for the next journey. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited for the break. I think maybe we'll kind of litter in. <laughs> I'm some... excited for the break too. Not going to lie. Love you all so much. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of work. It's, it's yeah, exciting it and fun. But, you know, obviously this is not like Nick and I, this is not our job. We have jobs as we discuss ad nauseum on the show. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we love them. Sometimes we hate them. Um, so this is sort of something we started to do with for fun and we love it and we enjoy it, but it sometimes can be um, a lot mm-hmm. to fit into life. Yeah, uh, also yeah. because we don't want, Nick and I discussed this many times that we don't want this to be consuming for us, right? Like we're doing it because we're enjoying ourselves and we're having fun, not because we want to create like personas and a business profile with it. Yeah. So like, we're trying to keep it as, you know, informative and light and, fun for us and fun for you all as best we can as yeah. becky likes to say we're stumbling, stumbling through whiskey it's so accurate and i love it um so with that 
we're going to take a little break. We might sprinkle in some bonuses, like some 10, 15 minute little high hellos to kind of string you along. And keep, you know, keep a lookout for whatever sort of, we're going we're gonna to keep our Instagram active too. And we may do some videos on there as well in, in the in-between times yeah. too. We'll probably, um, we, what do we usually do? Like four weeks off and then we jumpstart ourselves again? Yeah, roughly. And we'll probably do that, give or take. Yeah. So look for us in like late June. We'll keep you posted. Um, but next season is Japanese whiskey. And I think it was like a catch-all, like Japanese whiskeys, which I am really fucking excited for because I've never had a Japanese whiskey. <gasps> oh my God, I should get some for my bar while you're here. I, you, you've sung the praises of Japanese whiskeys and I've never had it before. So I'm really oh, excited for shit. it. Okay. Um, and then I think we kind of just had this all-encompassing like whiskeys of the world because there are other whiskeys. Like there are Indian whiskeys and yes. there are a few others we can explore. There are other places that do. I mean, just, just as a recap for folks, if you weren't... Uh, in in the deep with us in season one there are five major countries that are whiskey producers in the world and that is ireland and scotland the united states canada and japan yes and so we've sort of covered we have already covered the history and sort of done a slightly deep dive on american whiskey canadian irish and scottish the last up is japanese and then we're just going to sort of talk about some sort of other whiskeys that sort of touch on, we're going to touch on them from around the world. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm excited for Japanese too, because I think it is, I've had a few of them and they're very good. I'm stoked. I, Cause like I said, I haven't had it before, so I'm excited. Um, and people are like, is it new? Well, to a degree, yes, but Japanese whiskey has yeah. been around for at least a century now. So they're not like, it's not like brand spanking new folks. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're a serious player in, in the world of whiskey. Yeah, I already have designs on a couple of bottles for next season. But without getting into any of that, I think that is it for us for season three. Season three, babes. God, it's been good. It's been great. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.